Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hello, everyone. It's Takuya here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Oh, I love this. We got a message, uh, I think it was Facebook, Jeannie sent this. I guess she's been listening to the podcast for a while and has started saying so any hoozle. Uh, and she said, uh, just discovered that saying so any hoozle too close to my phone makes the audio Google Assistant thingy come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would never have known that. Oh, hoozle. Google. <laughs> yeah, hoozle. yeah. Got yeah. it. I would never have known that. But now that I've been listening to the podcast, well... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that. I know that sometimes we trigger Alexa by mistake. Every time I'm like, hey, I'd like to get a Lexus. Uh, yeah, right. You know, uh, <laughs> so now I've got my eye on an Audi. You go first, my love. All right. Beneath its atmosphere, uh, both Neptune and Uranus mm-hmm. has mm-hmm, Uranus. Both That's Neptune, no fun. Both, you forced me to do it. Both Neptune and Uranus have... I was, I was interviewing a space shuttle astronaut one time in front of, in front of an audience. Sorry, I just pictured you interviewing a space shuttle. Like, so tell me, uh, how do you like being a space shuttle? Yeah. And then you, you put the microphone over by the space shuttle and there's just silence. See, it is pretty much like that. Yeah, okay. Anyway, now, sorry. It was in front of a, of a crowd, and I asked him if it was true that, the, you know, I'd heard that there were, is it true that there were rings around Uranus? And uh, 
he just shook his head and walked away. <laughs> he wouldn't even talk to me after that. Yeah, no, yeah. I buy that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Good for him. I laughed, though. Go high. I laughed. Go high. <laughs> anyway, beneath the atmospheres of Neptune and Uranus, there's a mantle made up of water, ammonia, and methane ices. So uh, those mantles are under a colossal amount of pressure mm-hmm. uh, where the temperatures range between... 3,000 degrees and 4,500 degrees, uh, which is insane. Are you still laughing about Uranus? <laughs> I can't help it. No matter what you say, I'm putting it in context in my head with the word, with the pronunciation Uranus. But also Neptune. Yeah, that's not as funny. All right, we're just going to talk about Neptune. No! Then. Neptune has a mantle and uh, the temperatures are real hot. Boring! <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 3,000 to, what did I say? Okay, 3,000 to about 8,500 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. On, wow. Yeah. Wow. Right? How is that possible? See, you're, you're, this is amazing, and you've just ruined it. What's, you've made it seem like it's not as interesting as it is. Well, it's it, very, very hot. It's very hot. How hot is it on Uranus? I don't know. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Neptune. So Neptune is estimated to be a, made up of approximately 10% carbon. And under these extreme conditions, uh, the methane breaks up into its core components, producing pure carbon. Um, and there's incredible pressure, as we discussed, on the planet. How much methane is produced on Uranus? We're not talking about Uranus. We're talking about Neptune. Yeah. Well, it's my turn, and that's why we're doing a story about Neptune. If I stop saying Uranus, will you talk about Uranus? No. No, you've ruined it. Now we're only talking about Neptune. I'm really sorry, freaks. I'll just blurt out Uranus from time to time. Oh, good. Oh, good. I don't think there's one person that's listening that doesn't want to hear about Uranus. You're, You're making it less fun now. It's gone on too long. The tangent... It has spent All right. its okay. time. All right. It's done. Okay. Uranus. Now, your chin is trembling. <laughs> Can you just not say your anus? I won't say your anus. I won't say it again. I, I think. Do you want to get it out of your system? Like, I mean, I know your mouth is dying for Uranus right now. No, it's not. Um, so if you want to just, like, get it out of your system, just shout it out. Get rid of it. I don't want to now. You've made it no, not fun. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, oh. You've ruined it now. Pat. You've ruined the moment. So anyway, what causes, uh, what happens when there's carbon and a ton of pressure? <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Diamonds. Diamonds happen. On Neptune? So scientists have long speculated that the extreme pressures uh, might split the molecules into atoms of hydrogen and carbon, uh, and then they would crystallize and form diamonds because of that incredible pressure. And then uh, basically it would rain diamonds on Neptune. That's amazing. That's all I have to say. It's, that's amazing. 
All right. So no one could prove that this actually would work until there was a study done in 2017 in the journal Nature Astrophysics. And researchers say that they were able to produce this diamond rain using uh, some sort of fancy plastic, I don't know, and a high-powered laser. So Dominique Krauss, who's a physicist at the research center in Germany, uh, told Cosmos, when I saw the results of this latest experiment, it was one of the best moments of my scientific career. Krauss and his colleagues used two types of laser, one optical and one x-ray, to produce shock waves. And those waves were then driven through a block of basically polystyrene. uh, And that that plastic is composed of hydrogen and carbon, just like uh, the oceans on Neptune. So he said the first smaller, slower wave is overtaken by another stronger second wave. And the combination of these two waves squeezed the plastic to 150 gigapascals of pressure. Don't know what that means, but it's intense. Uh, and that that is more than the pressure that exists in the bottom of the Earth's mantle, and it, they heated it to over 8,500 degrees. So that high pressure coupled with the intense heat causes diamonds to actually melt. Holy shit. Diamond, obviously, a very hard material. It makes it difficult to melt. And when the diamond is heated, it can change to graphite. So that's where that pressure comes in. Mm -hmm. With the added pressure, the diamonds, rather than turning into graphite, just melt. And when it melts, it behaves like water during, you know, like freezing and melting. Sure. Um, And then solid forms would float atop. So scientists, scientists got around the graphite problem. Uh, by exposing the diamond to the high pressures with those lasers and that uh, recreating that extreme pressure, they eventually found that diamonds, basically, there would, what they're hypothesizing, how do I say that word? You said it right, I think. Okay. Is that there are oceans of diamonds on Neptune. In solid form. No. Liquid form. Liquid. Liquid diamonds. Liquid diamond oceans. And then there would be. That sounds like the name of a fragrance. It does. Diamond oceans. From Um, Armani. And then there would be some solids that haven't been Mm. met with the same pressures and heat, et cetera. So there would be like, they estimate that there may be these giant diamond icebergs floating (laughs) on top of these incredible oh diamond my, oceans. Oh, my God. That paints quite a mental picture, doesn't right. it? Right. And it's hard to fathom, really, even what a diamond in liquid form would look like. Hmm. Um, but they do estimate that um, the oceans would exist, uh, that there would be those giant diamond icebergs, and that it does, in fact, rain diamonds on both of these planets, Neptune and the other one. <laughs> so... This is really interesting for a lot of reasons. One, it's just incredible to think of what that would look like. I picture some sort of like princess land, you know. It, yeah, it's sure. It's like what you would draw when you were yeah. like, well, I want to live in a princess land, and then you put like diamond oceans and sure. diamond glaciers. It's like and the it's like the game board for Candyland. Something like that mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, that's just neat. But then also a large ocean of liquid diamond could deflect the tilt of the magnetic field out of alignment with the rotation of the planet. 
And that would explain why both planets have magnetic poles offset from their axis. So they weren't trying to uh, do these experiments to say, look, it could happen. Well, I mean, they were. Mm. But it also, there's science that already exists to support, like, this would explain why we know this is the case. Because that um, the both planets have that magnetic poles offset from their axis. Mm. And the large diamond oceans would explain why that why would be the case, which is friggin' cool. So clearly there's no point in um, going there to get diamonds because they're so plentiful that they don't have any value. You mean on, on, on Neptune? On, on Neptune. Like if you went and got all of the diamonds and then went to a Neptune mall or something. Like we, diamonds intergalactic? Right, exactly. That you see in like all the Neptunian cruise ports. Mm -hmm. They would have no value. That's all, right, I'm, all right. I'm saying. I can't imagine like, – I mean, like, what would happen if you, what would happen if you drank liquid diamond? Would it cool inside of you and then you'd have like a diamond belly? And then you'd you'd have diamonds coming out of Uranus. Oh man. I mean, you did bring it full circle. Thank you. Well done. I feel I guess. better now. I'm so glad. Okay, I got it out. I got it out of my system. There was one left in there. Uh I hey, got Banjo, why are you so snorry today? <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Oh, my God. Uh, most of this came from uh, fizz.org. Uh, the Washington Post has a really interesting article that goes in depth about, like, the lasers and such. And then uh, Listverse is where I found the original article that's like, holy crap, there could be diamond oceans. And I was like, what? And then I did some reading, and it's very sciencey, but it's still really neat. Didn't we just see like a Jeopardy question or something that uh, said that basically, well, you know, it was in the form of an answer, but mm. it said basically that uh, there are polar ice caps on Mercury. Is that right? No, it's it was something to do with the core of Mercury, not the not ice caps. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, di that didn't make any sense. The I think the core was, it was an iced core. Oh, iced. Okay. All right. Iced core. Hey, Siri. Is there ice on Mercury? Mercury has been found to host water ice in craters that are permanently in shadow at its poles, enough to encase Washington, D.C. in a frozen block two and a half miles deep. So, two yeah. And a half miles. So there are polar caps. Wow. But they're only about the size of Washington. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Anyway, that's what I have for you. Diamond oceans. Diamond oceans. I think you should start your, your own line of uh, women's fragrances. And that will be the first one. Cat walls, liquid diamonds. Um, liquid diamonds sounds like it would be like a fresh scent. Mm -hmm. I tend to lean more like the the muskies and the florals. Do you? Yeah. yeah. What would be your ideal fragrance if you were to design one? To design one, what uh, what what fragrances would you combine to make your unique signature cat walls perfume? Wow, that's a really interesting question. It wouldn't have anything to do with Uranus, I can tell you that. <laughs> and now, that thing in the middle. Here are some bizarre product endorsements. Stuff that perhaps you wouldn't expect to see at your local retail outlet, but nonetheless available. Number five, for hardcore KISS fans, you can be buried in a KISS casket. Aww. And they spell the casket, of course, with a K. Of course. It's got uh, all their pictures on there. Gene Simmons is right above your face. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm not sure if I want to be buried in a box with depictions of blood spitting <laughs> demons painted on it, regardless of how you feel about their music, which I, by the way, I love. I so. would, uh, I'd choose blood spitting demons any day over Gene Simmons, just regular face. <laughs> Even a young Gene Simmons? I don't know. I picture him looking the same all the time. Actually, I often get Gene Simmons and uh, who's the uh, the hairy uh, porn guy from the 70s? Oh. Ron. Uh, Ron. Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Ron Jeremy. Great job. Thanks. I didn't even need Siri for that one. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm embarrassed to say. I always get him and Gene Simmons confused. They look the same in my head. <laughs> okay. Why not? Okay, where were we? Your turn. Oh, yes. I forgot entirely that we had a point. The official Rolling Stones light switch cover. Really? So... Is it like the tongue logo and you just flick the tongue up and down and it's, turn it, the lights on and off? Kind of. It, no, it has the tongue logo on it, um, but it's very strange. Uh, hmm. It says, Stones withstand divorce, ripoffs, underage sex, slander... Slagging, alcohol, drugs, wash thoroughly, 50% rock, 50% roll. It's very confusing. That doesn't sound like an officially licensed product. Mm. Number three. Yes, this is good news. You can get a Fallout Boy fidget spinner. (laughs) Good. I was hoping that I could. (laughs) Number two. I know when I'm doing my darning, I need a Back to the Future thimble. And there is one. With a DeLorean on the top of it. Really? To protect your little thingies. Sounds like a Monopoly piece. And number one, Volkswagen sausages. What? Yep, it's a real thing. They were intended to only be served at the uh, Volkswagen cafeterias and dealerships, but they became so popular they went to German grocery stores. And these are not sausages that somebody else made that they just put the Volkswagen label on it. These sausages are made at the Volkswagen plant by in-house butchers. Oh, wow. That's impressive. It's the people's sausage. I thought that was Ron Jeremy. And it all came full circle again. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. 
The next day, when Raw lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the box of oddities. The question is, why? We <laughs> got this email, came in uh, from our website. Um, ba, 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 ba. I just I realized that I should have sent this to curator, but I'm drunk and it's hard. <laughs> I'm from South Africa and I'm such a big fan. I don't know how many South African listeners you have. But if sufficient, please come over here. I have gotten through some awful times. You guys make me feel like it's okay. I escape into your wonderful world, which is very sweet, by the way. I hope one day I'll find my cat slash Jethro. Aww. Also, I have a huge crush on cat. Sorry, Jethro. What? She's incredible. If aliens come to get Jethro and take him to Atlantis, hit me up. I mean, I have always wanted to visit South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a while ago I, I told a story about uh, the guy, uh, it was a guy in Florida, he murdered an old woman, sexually assaulted her and murdered her, oh. and he was sentenced to the death penalty. He was going to mm-hmm. sit in an old Sparky sure. down there in, in Florida. But because of a technicality somewhere that his lawyer dug up, um, they got his sentence reduced to life in prison. And he actually ended up electrocuting himself on his metal toilet in the, oh, in the yeah. cell. Yeah. He bit into an electric cord while it was plugged in. He's sitting on a metal toilet and electrocuted himself. That was kind of an instant karma moment and or just a bizarre coincidence. We're going to explore some other similar stories like that um, that don't necessarily involve uh, life and death, but just uh, coincidences or... Things that kind of come back and bite you in the ass. I love it. Okay. Researchers at MIT put out a study called The Hipster Effect, and it was about why anti-conformists always end up looking the same. Okay. It was a whole study about it. So they put this study out saying, yeah, you know, these people that are hipsters, they want to be different, but yet they're conforming to this non-conformist group. Sure. Shortly after that came out, a hipster came across... The piece, and he was very upset because they used his photo without his permission. He was incensed. Uh, So he contacted the publication's editor-in-chief, a guy named Gideon Litchfield, demanded to know why his photo was used without his consent and threatened to pursue uh, legal action. He was going to sue this publication. Sure. Understandably so, because the, the article is about, it's, kind of insulting to, yeah. to that community. And he didn't want to be the poster child for that. Litchfield was confused because he had bought the photo to use from Getty Images. It was a stock photo. And, you know, Getty Images, you yeah. can buy, you know, like 20 bucks, you can get a picture of just about anything to use uh, for any major media project. So Litchfield contacted Getty and asked him about this. And they said, well, no, the photo of the man was he was a he was a stock model 
they use people to, you know, they have a bunch of different actors, mm-hmm. that, you know, to depict various things. And so he contacted uh, this this complaining hipster and said, it, actually, um, this is not you. It's an entirely different person. So he chronicled the whole ordeal in Twitter, uh, marveling that, quote, hipsters look so much alike they can't even tell themselves from each other. Oh, wow. This guy thought it was him and it wasn't him. What an amazing source for additional fodder. (laughs) Thank you, kind hipster. You just uh, proved my theory, good man. In 2003, there were a couple of guys living in Spain and they had a little bit of cash and they bought a, an original painting by Goya, 270,000 euros. Pretty excited about it. But, yeah. then, but then they found out um, when they took it to be authenticated that it was original. It was an original by... Not Goya. No, it wasn't Goya. Um, Why didn't they have it authenticated before they bought it? Well, the seller had provided a certificate of authenticity. Oh, I see. But they found out that that had been forged. So they sued... And fortunately, they'd only put 20,000 euro down as a deposit. Mm-hmm. So they got the money back and they got to keep the painting. Oh, that's nice. And that gave them an idea. They decided that they were going to sell this fake Goya as an original. No. They were going to uh, do exactly what this guy tried to do to them. Rude. So they found a, a buyer in a mysterious Italian middleman representing an even more mysterious Arab sheik who agreed to put the sale together for 1.7 million Swiss francs and he would get 300,000 euros as a commission. So the brothers didn't even hesitate. They jumped on the deal and they got the money. And of course, it turns out that the 1.7 million Swiss francs were in fact counterfeit um, <laughs> and, and not even good counterfeits. Somebody had taken Swiss francs and just photocopied them nice. on a machine and cut them out. And how they found out was they got stopped at the airport with what appeared to be 1.7 million Swiss francs that were counterfeit and bad counterfeiting. So they got a lesson on bad counterfeiting with Xerox machines. And general life lesson. Yeah, they were arrested at customs, possessing (laughs) the money, and uh, their whole scheme was exposed. So... There you go. I love it. I really thought that you were going to say, like, they set up a sale and it turns out that the buyer was, like, the original painter or something. And Wouldn't was like, that have been? Aha. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been great. In 2017, officers from Detroit's 12th Precinct launched a sting operation in which uh, the cops went undercover to uh, buy drugs and bust drug dealers. Mm. At the same time, the 11th Precinct were undertaking a similar operation and didn't bother to tell each other. Oh, I think I see where this is going. What The 12th, they were going to be uh, prospective buyers. The 11th, were, they were going to be sellers. <laughs> Let's just say it didn't go well. And in fact, they stayed in character so much, these police officers, that they ended up in a big riot beating each other up. What? It could have been easily avoided if, you know, the two precincts had kind of talked to each other. I mean, they were the 11th and the 12th. They were probably sharing the same building. No, I know they don't. I'm just being silly. Anyway, the fight, um, the two sides met. They both jumped into action and arrested each other. 
Did no one recognize any of the other police officers? They were wearing I mean, disguises. Well, I mean. They probably had those big Ron Jeremy mustaches on. My goodness. Everywhere you go, they have those. Yep. One officer was hospitalized following the incident. Fortunately, there were no serious injuries. Police Chief James Craig uh, stated, this is probably one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in this department. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch Inside Edition? Yes. Is that still on? I don't know. I haven't seen that for years. In, 20, in September of 2018, San Francisco was having a huge problem with car break-ins. They were averaging about one every 17 minutes. Wow. So... Inside Edition thought that they would do an investigation on the problem and take it head on. A news crew from Inside Edition set up a bait car with oh. a bunch of stuff in it. Sure. Had an expensive uh, speaker, put a designer purse right up on the dashboard. And it uh, didn't take long. A pair of uh, thieves fell into the trap, smashing the window. They grabbed what they could find. But what they didn't know is that uh, Inside Edition had outfitted all of these devices with tracking devices. Yeah. And also the car with cameras. So the investigators uh, tracked down the perps, and it was a great episode. But, but, yeah, I was waiting for it. But after they got the property, the crew went back to the scene of the crime to interview the local homeowner whose security cameras had caught the whole thing turned out that the stage robbery wasn't the only thing that the cameras captured while they were filming this sting operation somebody else broke into their news van and stole all their equipment oh no yeah they got back and the windows were shattered they lost thousands of dollars in equipment inside edition that's upsetting now i'm going to take you back to your childhood oh okay you remember mcgruff the crime dog i do take a bite out of crime yeah, he wore a trench coat. Yeah, he did. That was pretty creepy. A little dog that hung around with kids wearing a trench coat. Yeah. Well, there were a series of actors inside that dog suit. They would go to malls or, or schools, you know, but it wasn't one guy. It was a series of actors that oh, played huh. that part. Um, one of the guys who, I guess, took care of the McGruff, the crime dog appearances in, in, in Texas, his name was John R. Morales. John was uh, was driving in Galveston. I don't know if he had his McGruff, the crime dog, suit on while he was driving, but he got pulled over for speeding. Oh, no. Yeah. They found um, diagrams of two indoor pot growing operations and a ton of uh, marijuana seeds. So they raided his house, McGruff, the crime dog's house. They seized a thousand marijuana plants. Oh no! Nine thousand rounds of ammunition. Oh! <laughs> an assortment of twenty-seven different weapons, including a grenade launcher. Ooh! After three years, he pleaded guilty. Was sentenced to uh, sixteen years in jail. McGruff, the crime dog, locked up behind bars. Well, I mean. There were a lot of people that played McGruff, and it was just a character. We've all had gigs before that didn't reflect who we were on the inside. <laughs> What's one of yours? I'd have to think on all that. All right. 
We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It means a lot to us. It really does, because otherwise, we'd just be sitting in our basement talking to ourselves. Right. Which is what we did for years until we found... These chairs aren't comfortable. Until we found you guys. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we will hang out with you soon, and until then... Keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True. That is, two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. The Box of Oddities.com. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Are you interested in the parts of history that remain a mystery? Do you want to learn more about the historical myths and misconceptions used to prop up false belief today? I'm Nathaniel Lloyd. In my podcast, Historical Blindness, I delve into all of these topics, sharing puzzling tales from the past and examining hoaxes, conspiracy theories, and misremembered events that provide insight into modern politics and religion. New episodes every two weeks. Find Historical Blindness on most podcast players and platforms.